with me to the book of Samuel and stand with me. I'm just going to go ahead and get into the Word of God today and just going to trust the Lord to speak to your heart. And I know that the Lord has something for us, and especially every time that we assemble together like this. <clears throat> I, I just want to say, you're turning there just to the first chapter there of Samuel, that the Lord has just really put some things on my heart recently, and I want you to know something that God is wanting us to access more than what we are accessing in Him. And I've just been burdened for people that not only that lost, hurting, and broken world out there that's so miserable, drowning in iniquity and despair, but we are the answer to those people. It's a, it's a terrible situation of our world right now. And we are the answer to them, to their need. And for the glory of Jesus, we've been called to reach and to do the will of the Lord. And we are called to be conformed into His image. <clears throat> this assembly today is a very vital part to your spiritual growth and maturity. But what I have been grieved about is for the multitudes of believers that will never walk in really what God has called them to walk in. They just won't access it. it it's not that God won't do it. It's just they won't move with the Lord. They, and so many of, of the people come to church Sunday after Sunday, and they never access fully what the Lord intends for them to have. And they never give what God intends for them to give. And so it's just that perpetual cycle. But I'm telling you, God wants you to enter in fully to His predestined will for your life. He wants you to walk in what He's called you to walk in. But you've got to consent to it. You have to agree with what God wants to do. And I just want you to enter in all that you can today. If you didn't worship... You're not, you're, not in, you're not fully accessing what God wants you to access today. You didn't. You took, matter of fact, you took something away from the rest of us. Because you're your unwillingness to put something in to the worship of the Lord. God intends this to be a, a full unified front here. That's where the blessing is commanded. But there's still time to enter in before this service is over. Amen. Enter in. Worship. Pray. Give. Amen. Come on, just enter into the Lord and what He has for your life. Amen. If you're not saved today, get saved. Time's running out. You're definitely not walking in what God wants you to walk in. Amen. Let's enter into what the Lord has for us today. 1 Samuel chapter number 1. The Bible says, Now there was a certain man of Ramoth Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jehoram, the Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, the Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The one was Hannah, the name of the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. 
And the time was Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and all her sons and daughters portions, but to Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for Hannah, he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Everybody say, the Lord done it. The Lord shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. As she did so year by year, when she came to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, Why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? And Hannah rose up after she had eaten in Shiloh, and they had drunk. And Eli the priest sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed to the Lord, and wept sore. And the affliction of thy handmaid, oh, she said, if thou, excuse me, if she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now I want to read one more verse in the second chapter, verse number 8. This is a part of her song of triumph here. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he shall hath set up the world upon them. I'm going to preach to you for a few moments this morning on raised from the dust and the divine purpose of delay. Raised from the dust and the divine purpose of delay. Help me pray. Father, we ask you today, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to preach the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, for all that has been done in this house. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the testimony of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are desiring to meet with us in a full capacity today. That all things are possible in this moment. Nothing is impossible as we join together in the name that's above every name. I pray for the anointing to convey the message. Lord, let the Word have free course. And we'll give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Preaching to you on raised from the dust and the purpose of divine delay. You don't have to look very far. If you know anything about the book of Judges today, then you know this. It is an awful testimony of the history of the people in Israel. It describes a people that are literally living in the dust and in the dunghill. You see that how that Israel had a constant bending toward moving away from God. They were up and down. It was, uh, didn't take them very long after the days of Joshua. You could even see things began to drift even in Joshua's day or he would have never had to address the people and say, choose this day whom you will serve. There's always that tendency to grab, fall into the gravitational pull of this world and its effects upon this 
this natural life. But how many of you know this is an ascending life that we are a part of as believers? But we have to go forward in the Lord in walking with God in full ways of growth and maturing with the Lord if we're going to ascend with the Lord. He doesn't intend us to go back. And I have learned that even in times where it looks like going back doesn't mean you are going back. If you're walking with God, then no matter what it looks like naturally... There is a progression in moving forward and ascending with God if you're walking according to the counsel of His will. This moving with God is onward and forward. The Holy Spirit is a river. That means He's always moving. He's not a lake. He's not a pond. And that's why that God has called us to such a life. But there is an, a, a nature that if we're not careful, we can be subject to that is always pulling us down into this natural world we can begin to look out and we can begin to look around and we can begin to look among one another instead of looking upward and instead of looking toward the Lord fully magnifying His name to the place of, of calling us to be able to see beyond our natural circumstances and conditions because I know that life can present things to us that absolutely occupies our mind, it occupies our heart, it takes our attention, and it makes it difficult at times. We come, we're looking at the pain on the walls, and we're thinking about what's going on in our life, and we're dealing with circumstances, and and we're fighting battles and we're just engaging in the warfare of life and so many things are trying to occupy our hearts and our minds from that full access of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life and sometimes it's a pressing and a fighting and a pushing and a working this isn't something that just comes easy we don't just we don't we, I didn't just wake up this morning and angels carry me to the place of prayer and open up my Bible for me and prepare a time of devotion and put coffee in my cup and, and heaven was singing over me. No, I had to get up and I had to get over the way that this body felt and I had to press through some thoughts in my mind. You're trying to hear from the Lord and get the mind of God and, and you want to come in and give yourself completely to the Lord and, and you got kids and you've all these things occupying us and trying to get one another ready and then it's Mother's Day and you got to make sure you you did a post on social media say amen somebody and let your mama know how much you loved her and, and then you got to get the card ready for come on I'm just telling you that sometime there's a lot of things we've got to make sure we got reservations at the restaurant afterward and all this kind of stuff going on but at the same time that there are people with very pressing issues and needs in their life this morning and they're not just coming in this house to go through the motions they're coming in this house saying I need to press through the crowd I need to get to the hem of his garment I need a word from God I need a touch from heaven I need the Lord to move me beyond where I'm at in my life and so we're working against always this ascending is something always working against us in certain ways but you see that Israel was in this place of the constant falling into the ground 
gravitational pull of idolatry and worldliness and rebellion was always entering into the people and there would be moments of reprieve where God would raise up a judge to bring instruction and declare the word of God and bring the people to repentance and they would live for short periods of time and and in and, and victory and and it but it wouldn't be very long and they were drifting back down the road of idolatry and rebellion against the Lord and all this stuff and this was the whole testimony of the book of the judges and it was the people that were living in the dust and in the dunghill they're in defeat they couldn't come to church and lift up their hands they couldn't testify of the goodness of God on their job they were occupied with worldly lust and they were occupied with things that were in this world and and they were just so drawn I was just so grieved this morning at the number of people that was waking up at our hotel and they wasn't putting on their Sunday go to meeting clothes they were putting on their ball clothes and their ball uniforms and headed out to a field all day long just to sit out there in the sun and watch little Junior hit a baseball around and maybe win a a trophy at the end of it and I'm not taking away of the fact that there's enjoyment in those things and there there is stuff but I'm talking about folks this is Sunday morning this is the day of the Lord when the people of God come to assemble themselves and I know for the most part those people are playing and entering into a life that ends nowhere into nothing and I just have a desire for people to see the Lord moving and flowing in their life I want people to know God folks I don't know about you but I want to see people in this depraved world under the persistent peril of man trying to fill the void that's in their heart with something in this life. I want to see people that are saved and one to God filled with the Holy Ghost and loving headed to the house of the God this morning. But this was Israel's testimony. Just up and down a continual and perpetual roller coaster of spiritual living. This was not God's design for His people. It wasn't His design for people to to have a judge every now and then. He wanted to be the supreme king and lord over their life and govern and lead a people that was reigning in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're always up and down. And so many of us have testified of the same kind of life in the church. I just see that people are always in and out and up and down. They're here every third Sunday and then they're defeated through the week and just living in the dust and living on the dunghill and there's hardly any testimony of the victory of Jesus anywhere in their life whatsoever. I want to tell you that that's not God's design. I've been to enough dusty church services. Say amen. You know what? I know the Bible teaches us that dust is the food of the adversary. The Lord cursed that serpent to eat the dust of the ground. I don't want to go to dusty camp meetings, dusty preacher conventions. Come on. Because I don't want to give the devil anything to feed upon. And whenever we have loose lips and whenever we have weakened testimonies, we're just creating dusty environments for people to come into our churches and we don't worship and we don't enter in. 
in and we don't walk with God and there's dust all over the pew, dust all over our life and the only person coming to eat on that is the devil. Can you say amen? I said you're just creating an environment for the enemy to come in and backbite and devour and bring more defeat and doubt and unbelief and enter into the lives of people. But I say it's time for us to come out of the dust and the dunghill and see the glory of Jesus. I'm tired of the church seemingly being non-factor in this world. I'm tired of seeing this, this world that's crime. The devil is the loudest and all of this agenda of the adversary and the antichrist getting all the attention. I'm telling you, I'm going to do something about it. I can't speak for everybody, but I'm not going to live my whole life at the testimony of living in the dust and the dunghill, Brother Chad. I'm going to give myself. I'm going to present my body. I'm going to yield my members to the Lord. And I'm going to say, Jesus, they ain't a lot here, but if you can use anything with this rut dust and this lump of clay, then I say, Lord, do something with my life, but I'm ready for the church to get the voice back in this nation and for us to get the attention of a demonic lost world out there and for them to come to know that we've got the answer to all of the problems that are in our world. Somebody give him praise this morning. I'm going to set myself to seek the Lord. I'm going to say, God, I, people can go through their little patty cake religion if they want to. I'm going to tell you what. If you get a hundred years, you're one grain of sand in the eyes of eternity, friend, among the sea. i got a short life to live. I don't know how many years I get, but I can tell you this. Whatever little flame I got, Brother Roderick, I want to know that I did something that impacted this world friend because you and I are called to be eternal people and we're wasting our time we are wasting our days we are wasting our time while world we're putting our money with bags with holes in it and we just go through our little form of religion and a world sinks and people take their lives left and right. Friend, I've been so burdened. I, I just seen a, a girl 16 years old, beautiful. I mean, just got the world before her. I mean, ended her own life, friend, popular, everything. What It's what most people wish that they could have when they go to school. They wish they had good looks. They wish they had talent. They wish they had popularity. They wish they had everything. They wish they had the most likes on their Instagram and their Facebook and their Snapchat and they was hoping they had the most following but yet the same people that have all those are the ones that are ending their own lives. The one that have perceived success. The one that have the world by the fingertips are the ones that don't think life is worth living anymore. Friend I'm telling you there's a void in the heart of man and only you and I that know Jesus Christ can bring the answer and cast a lifeline to these hurting, depressed, lost, and broken people in our world. We are the answer. Government ain't the answer. They're not. 
I don't care if you get your favorite president in. He's not going to heal this nation. He's not. It's just impossible. It's not in government. It's not in man. It's in the church. And it is in the blood-bought child of children of God, the sons and the daughters of the Lord. And you and I have to know that we are the only possibility of change. We are the catalyst in which God can work through. And if you're looking for a fatalist preacher, you've got the wrong guy. I've heard enough of these. I've heard enough of these. Come on now. I, I just am careful about what I'm about to say here. But I've just heard enough of the I'm telling you, I've seen enough is what I'm saying. Then I wouldn't go to your church either if I if some of this stuff is what come on now. I'm just here to tell you God him through. I mean, if I would believed all the stuff mostly I heard even from pulpits, I'd be sucking my thumb in a corner somewhere. But I'm here to tell you what God's not through. Jesus is still the answer. We can be filled with the Holy Ghost and we can change the world that is around us if we'll give ourselves to the Lord. I mean, you may be okay with wearing a little dust. I don't like dusty stuff. Come on. We got to dust the... We, we need to dust the... Come on. We got to get the dust off. I don't want to come choking when I, when I come to... T- How you doing, brother? Hallelujah. Is the Lord moving in your life? Oh, God. You ever choked on the dust of some saint's testimony? Come on. I, I don't want to be choking on the worship. Dry, they hit the cord and the dust just flies. Everybody's choking. Come on. Folks, where is the voice of the church? Where is it? We on, we on social media. We everywhere. Where's the impact of that voice? Friend, I'm telling you, I, I'm a marked man. I, I can't unknow what I know, Brother Jacob. I can't get away from what's been deposited. I want to see the Lord in this hour. Do something. Amen. I, I, I don't have to be the greatest preacher. I'm not. I gave that up a long time ago. But I said, Lord, please do something. Through my life. If I get up here today and I say one sentence, I'm tired of living under the pressure of feeling like you. I know we need to bring something from the Lord, but I, you know, when you're an evangelist, you're always going into new places, new, new people, and stuff. You don't just preach one time, you're preaching five, six, seven times, and you're thinking, God, how in the world can I bring anything <laughs> from God? I'll tell you, somehow He just does it. <laughs> Miracle. And I say, Lord, you got something out of I mean, that happened out of that. Well, hallelujah. I know this is supernatural. I'm just saying. I, I, I just want God to do, if it takes one word that I say. If you're here today and you don't know God, you came for your mama, and you'll split hell wide open if you died today. That's the worst mother's gift you could ever give. Greatest gift you could ever give is getting to this altar today and giving your life to Jesus. We want you to get in. This time's running out, friend. I said the time's running out. There's only two types of people in the world. And those that are in Christ and those that are out of Him. One of them lives forever. One of them dies forever. In eternal torment and anguish and pain. 
No way to get out. I just want to see us enter into what God has for us. That's what I'm praying to the end for the Lord, is that His people will enter in. You say, how, how is it possible to make such a change? Well, I want to tell you what. This see that poor and needy Israel of Judges, you don't see that same testimony in the Samuels, do you? Transition happened. I said transition happened. I know that was kind of, I don't know if my wife mentioned that. I wanted to so bad be in that. And I wish someone would have videoed the whole thing. And I know she didn't want me, me to be, and I would have if I didn't have to watch the kids. But I wanted to hear, I know that there was a part of a transition in her message until Deborah arose. That's a transition until when Deborah arose. I wanted to preach that. I thought that's a word. I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'll preach that today. He didn't already preach it. I was stirred by it. But what was the condition? Bondage. It was judges. Until somebody did something. <laughs> Come on. Until somebody arose. That means they got up and decided, hey, I'm going to do something. I can do something. God has given me an ability to yield my member to Him and become an instrument of righteousness and make a difference of the Lord in this hour. We need to yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness in this hour so that the Lord can do a work through us. There was a transition. And why did the testimony of the Samuels be totally different how did it go from the dust in the dunghill to reigning as princess to reigning among those that all those that were around and being set among the princes and inheriting the throne of glory and a king reigning and the expanding of the kingdom how did they get to that place you want me to tell you how they got there they got there through the prayer travail of one woman One woman. Who was Deborah? One woman. Who was Jael? One woman. Who was Hannah? One woman. And the whole history of Israel and transformation of a nation hinged upon the prayer travail of one woman, and that was Samuel's mother. And her song would introduce us, if you get into the Samuels, or here just even the, the second, the, the verse I read to you, that song that she wrote after the birth of her son would introduce us into the of Israel and turned some of the most glorious times of the history of Israel after hundreds of years of living in spiritual and moral decay with only an occasional relief here and there when God would raise up a judge or a ruler now the thing you have with just a few you have the to the transition into this all the way to the second book of Samuel and by the time you get into the second book of Samuel you find God's chosen king administering and to ruling among his people and all of this was a result of this woman's travail I said, you can make a difference. We think we're blowing like we're just blowing in the, in the hurricane winds. But I'm not giving up on this nation. I'm not giving up on our community.
communities. I'm not giving up on our families. You can hide yourself in your spiritual bushes and in your spiritual caves and behind your rocks and you can think it's over with and the greatest days are beyond but it's not going to be my testimony. I want to see the Lord. He's the same God and He always was. And I want to see the Lord bring change in our world. Oh, well, Brother Jeremy, it's just, it's the time. It's this, it's that. It's not the time, friend, until Jesus comes. It's not the time till He comes. Well, it's over. We just did our best. We had a good run. And we're just going to hope our young ones get in. You must not have no kids. But I, I mean, you can sit on your blessed assurance all you want. But I got a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old that this world wants their life. Are you hearing me? They want them. But not going to be on my watch, friend. I said, it's not going to be on my watch. They ain't going to get my kids. I don't, you say, well, we just had a Pentecost. It's a thing of days gone by. The devil is a liar. I sang that song this morning. It's for your children and their children and their children and their children I ain't giving up brother Chad I'm not quitting I'm going to worship I'm going to pray I'm going to seek fast and give and I want to see the Lord do a work in this generation oh, I wish that you know you could friend I'm telling you is he the same God or not you come too late to tell me I know that this is real, my friend. My kids are going to know that it's real. We can institute and, and bring change. We might not change the world, but we can change our world. Amen. This woman was willing to give herself. I believe that it's through our present condition, our attacks, our disappointments... And our discouragement that God is positioning us to a place of prevailing prayer. I want to say that again. It's through our present conditions, attacks and disappointments and discouragements that God is positioning us to a place of prevailing prayer. How many of you know that His ways are higher than our ways? There's a lot of people that have been through a lot of rough times in recent years. We have seen unprecedented circumstances even in our world that has been, never been in our lifetime. But God is utilizing and more at work in our circumstances than you ever realized. I, I believe the Lord is more at work in our lives than the devil ever thought about being. I just sat up in the bed the other day and the thought just came to me. God just began to show me that He is more at work than the devil's at work. But the thing is, we don't always see it because we've been so conditioned to believe a way that God is not taught in this holy book in America. We have a believism in our world that's not based on the Word of God. It's based on our natural conditions. It's based on the American dream. It's based on a democracy system. It's based upon a selfish people. It's based upon a consumer-driven world. And we are living in defeat because we don't know what the B-I-B-L-E really says about the circumstances in our life. But I just want to tell somebody today, I'm not saying you ain't fighting the devil because he does fight and resist. But I can tell you, you're more fighting 
yourself and you're more not realizing that God is actually at work in your midst more than you realize it but you've got to allow him to open your eyes to see that he's doing something beyond his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts he's working in a way that you can't even dream or imagine we need to lift ourselves up into a higher realm of sin and understand that we are an eternal people called to live an eternal life God is giving us an opportunity in our circumstances presently for us to bring a change in our world he's given us an opportunity to change the course of history because we are an end time people and God's desire is to bring us up into higher levels and to greater measures and that is the very reason for our trials our suffering our difficulty and the present circumstances in our world have you noticed something over the last couple of going on three years of time that there's a lot of people losing their taste for this world because it became so miserable on so many fronts for them life was so interrupted and messed up they quit desiring even to the point of being here and I'm not talking about in a negative way I'm talking about what the church used to believe we sang about heaven because we believed heaven was our future we believed that's where we were called to be and live we were destined to be in that land that this was in our home but now you can see us hanging on tooth and nail to stay here because we got so comfortable we forgot that we are an eternal people And so the very situations of our life have lifted us up to a greater realm of belief. And we're going through a very difficult time of life, no doubt. But I can tell you this, all of this is to move us on to higher ground. I said it is to move us to higher ground. We must begin to view our lives in a larger setting. Because we're so conditioned to think temporal when we are called to be eternal beings. God is dealing with us in light of eternal values. Friend, hear me today. If you don't see this, you will live in defeat. There's going to be things that happen in your life that you have no explanation for. You have nothing. You want to have answers. There are times when it looks like the enemy has the upper hand and you have nothing but to relinquish your full faith and cast it on the Lord Jesus Christ and say, this is more than a magnet on my refrigerator and a bumper sticker on my car. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. I have come into circumstances where I had no understanding. It would have been brother, brother Jacob, if I could have said, this is exactly what God was doing in this. I'm glad I seen how he was at work. But you walked away looking like the devil had the upper hand. But you know what I learned? I learned not to lean on my understanding. I learned to acknowledge him. And he's going to move me onward and forward. And there's going to be something of an eternal worth in this difficulty. You don't see your life on that plane, you will struggle in defeat. Our lives are being played out in a greater realm of things right now. We are testifying to angels and demons alike. They are watching our lives. 
They are seeing how in the world that God is finding a people like us that will cast full dependency and believe in Him. Who have not seen Him, though love Him. They can't figure that out, brother. Ephesians says that He's confounding that, that, that world. So how in the world he's bringing a church out of this kind of a people and a glorious bride? How's people like us getting in the presence of a holy God? I can tell you the devil can't figure that out. But I can tell you what, God is doing something. I'm glad to know that my life ain't just in the here and now, friend. My life is going beyond. What we do as a people of God lives forever. It goes on. It don't perish with this world. It don't end. All the empires of man, the governments, the systems, the, uh, it all crumbles. It all ends. It all burns up in fire. But what we do for Jesus, our suffering, our trials, our victories, everything is demonstrating the life of Jesus and will be to the praise of His glory through the ages on, my friend. It goes on forever. I said heaven will be worth the journey. When I get there, it will be worth it all, child of God. I want to tell you that God is using our circumstances to fix our eyes beyond the here and now hand the woman that overcame four things i'm not going to hit just briefly hit them today but i want to tell you the first thing she overcome was the deprivation this was a deprived condition of the fact that god had taken away the ability to bear children from her life when i read the scripture to you what did it say it said the lord shut up her womb The devil didn't shut it up. God shut it up. What you going to do now? You ain't rebuking it. You ain't binding it. Come on. You ain't casting it out. God did it. The Lord shut up her womb. That seems like a cruel thing, doesn't it? For a loving Heavenly Father to do. Take away the very identity of a woman. Take away the purpose. Take away the meaning of her existence. Especially in that culture in that day. To walk around with the shame of a barren womb. And to go to church every Sunday. And to worship a God that looks like He's rejected you. you gonna, I mean, what's she going to do? I mean, how do you worship when you know God, God shut up my womb? How are you going to worship Him? How are you going to enter in? How are you going to tell others God can move in your, He'll make all your fruitfulness come true? You'll bear, you'll be fruitful, you'll... How is she going to tell somebody else? How is she going to witness and, and praise God and do the will of the Lord knowing it looks like God's against her? Oh, I'm going to worship Him when all goes my way. That's most people. Come on. I learned I'm going to worship Him. I don't care what comes my way. Come on, somebody. I'm going to worship God. You know why Job fell on his face and worshiped? The first thing I, that baffled me for so many years, I thought, how in the world? Job didn't know about the conversation with God and the devil. Did he? But what he do? He lost everything. Very, I, I, there ain't too many people that ever lived that had that kind of loss in that kind of time. You know what the first thing he did was? He worshipped. You know what I learned through that? 
I know what he was doing. I think, how does a man do that? How does he show up to church and worship God that Sunday? He knew where he needed to get, Sister Linda, into the presence of the Lord. That's where the answer is. It's in the presence of God. But the Lord is the one that shut up the womb. The Lord is the one that took down the hedge of Job. He didn't know any of this was going on. And really neither did Hannah. All she knew is that God had shut up her womb. She couldn't bear. She went faithfully to worship. She's given her all to the Lord. And God is the one that seemed like that he rejected her. But can I tell you that the Lord saw something beyond what she could see? The Lord could see beyond the realm of what Hannah could see in. God saw something else. While she just seen, I can tell you her name actually, but you know most of all this stuff, but I can tell you her name meant actually grace and favor. But I can promise you that all her testimony didn't look anything favorable or graceful about what she was going through because the very thing that she desired most was the thing that God himself, it wasn't the devil keeping it, it was God keeping it from her. But what God saw was a purpose that was larger and greater than beyond Hannah's personal satisfaction of having a child. And God saw that through his wisdom and his ability alone to see that he was calling a person to a place of fellowship that only these circumstances could have got her into. God saw he was looking for somebody he could partner with and bring in about a change in the world. Change not just her circumstances, but the circumstances of multitudes. Not just Hannah's testimony and of her household, but the whole testimony of Israel. God was looking for someone to partner with in bringing about one of the greatest moves that he had ever been seen in the world. And God had to find somebody that he could bring to that point of uniting with him in such a way that could bring forth that kind of change. And he got Hannah there. There's no way she could have known it. It's impossible. Because we see through a glass darkly just like Hannah did. And God seemingly didn't care one bit for her condition. She sought him yearly, but nothing changed. She left every year incapable of bearing. Every year with disappointment. The very thing that she longed for. It was the very thing that God deliberately withheld from her. Her deepest desire. Lord, I want a child. How many of you know the enemy begins to work on that? These are entry points of accusation from the devil. Listen, church. I said entry points. Of accusation are delayed answers to prayer. What did Jesus say in Luke 18? He gave the parable of the unjust judge. And you know what he said? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith onto earth? He was looking for something when he comes. He's looking for something when he comes to this earth. He's looking for our faith. Faith is the, is the target of the enemy's attack because he knows that's what God's looking for. Some of us that are under attack today don't realize it, 
But the devil is trying to take away the very thing from you that God's looking for. That's why Paul warned in Timothy, he said, some have made their faith shipwreck. Did you know there's a lot of people shipwrecking their faith in 2022? They ain't in church no more. They ain't serving God. Whatever pulled them out, drew them out, got them away, they're making their faith shipwreck, brother. The possibility of shipwrecking is possible. The Son of Man comes, He's looking for faith in the earth. This was the very thing the devil wanted to rob, wants to rob us of. And so whenever God delays in His answers to us, it's an entry point of accusation. I was standing in church not long ago, and the Holy Ghost just spoke right to me. And He said, Jeremy, the devil is attacking my goodness. And immediately, He just began to unfold to me what He meant. And showed me that there are people sitting in our pews and that are in the body of Christ. That the enemy has gained entry points of accusation toward the goodness of God. And God showed me that what the devil is doing is he is attacking his goodness before his people. And he's coming to his people and he's saying, he's not good to you. Because if he was good to you, this wouldn't be happening to you. And he wouldn't be delaying in his answer to you. And he would be coming and responding and showing up. And you wouldn't be in these situations, in these circumstances. And this outcome wouldn't have come the way that it came. And it's become a way for the enemy to enter in and accuse God's goodness. And you have a hard time singing and worshiping and walking in His goodness because the devil has convinced you He's not good to you. He's unkind to you. Why? He shut up your womb. He's not answering your prayer. He's withholding the thing you desire more than anything else. And He's not giving it to you. No matter how many Sundays you come. No matter how many prayer meetings you're in. No matter how much you give. No matter how much of obedience you're walking in. And the devil is coming and saying, He's not a good father. Have you know that he's been lying since the beginning? I want to tell somebody here today, the devil is a liar. And you need to be reminded of that. All he can do is lie. That's all he can do. And so he comes in this entry point. Provocation. Deprivation is the deprived condition of not bearing. She had to overcome that. She had to get over the fact, Brother Roderick, that she was not bearing children and God was rejecting it. He's the one that shut it up. And she had to come to church and overcome that. She wasn't looking for something outside the will of God. She wasn't looking for something outside the Word of God. She was standing on the promise of what God designed her life to be and to have and to possess. And she wasn't reaching for something that wasn't the will of the Lord. She had Scripture to back up what she was there seeking God for. And every time she went, she had to leave without it again. But she had to overcome that deprivation. She had to get over the fact and say, you know what, Lord? You may have shut me up and you, I may come this Sunday and I didn't bear today. But I'll be back next Sunday. Come on, somebody. I'll be back Wednesday. I'll be back Sunday night. I'll be in the prayer meeting. I'll meet you in the early morning hour tomorrow, Lord. I'll open up my Bible. I'll worship. I'll testify. I'll preach. I'll do the will of God because I'm not going to sink to deprivation. I'm going to serve God. 
I tell you, something can come into a believer that can overcome deprivation. And say, you know what, Lord? I trust. I trust. I trust. Remember that word? I trust. There's something about trusting the Lord. Lord, here, I'm just going to give this deprivation to you, Lord. I'm laying it on the altar today. Take it, Lord, from me, please. Take it, Lord. Lord, take it from me. I'm giving it to you. I'm taking it, Lord. It's yours. Take it from me, Lord. What's going on here? Can you see me? I'm still holding on to it. <laughs> Lord, I'm at the altar today. Just take this, Lord. I trust you. You're just going to have your way, Lord. I've given it to you. Come on. Oh, you ain't trusting him until you take your hand off of it. I tell you, God is looking for people. Hear what the unjust judge says. That's the words of Jesus. He said, hear what the unjust judge says. What? She's coming to him constantly. I'm going to give this woman... A, and she, what she's saying to him? Avenge me of my adversary. And that judge is saying, leave me alone. But that woman wouldn't stop coming. You know what she's doing? Overcoming deprivation. I'm going to come every day. I, I don't care how much he denies me. I'm showing up. It's me again, Lord. Oh, come on. It's a, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night with him, though he bear long with them? But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? God's trying to do something in us, folks, that's of eternal implications. We've got to overcome our deprivation and say, hey, be like, hey, what? God's trying to bring forth a child that's going to change the nation. But she, that doesn't happen until she comes united to God's purposes. What's happening? Her enemy's provoking her now. At her point of deprivation. But she's overcoming. She ain't, she ain't complaining. She ain't quitting on God. Folks, we live in a time where people quit God over a hangnail. Yeah. Oh, I got a hangnail this Sunday. I'll be out for three weeks. So God's unfair to me. Come on, folks. I'm for one service. Say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, just I'm quitting on God now. I got a little hangnail skint my knee up. And God's unfair. I didn't get that job I wanted. You know, I really wanted it. So I'm wearing, why wasn't you at church? Well, I didn't get that job. You know, I sought God fasting and prayer and He denied me. I know there's no one like that here today. She overcome her deprivation. God's trying to bring someone into something that He can do something beyond Himself. Hannah wanted this child for herself. But you read her prayer. And before she's done praying, she don't want that child for her. She wants it for God. You say, Brother Jeremy, what's the purpose of divine delay? It's to purify your motive in prayer. Amen. 
It's to purify your motive in prayer. Why ain't God coming? He's purging something in this woman. She wants the son for her. God wants that son for him. And he's looking for somebody that will see beyond this natural world. Somebody who God will can look at and say, you know what? That person's relentless. They want to live for my glory. I'm telling you, we live in a kooky church world, folks, and a, a terribly twisted world. And we live, we see some fruity things going on in our world and in our churches. But God's looking for someone He can bring about a change through. I'm telling you what, it ain't the devil. God's more at work in you than the devil is. Until we realize. You know, I woke up one day. How many knows I'm off the notes? I apologize. I would, it probably wouldn't have been better if I'd have stuck with it. But I was sitting one day in a service. I remember and the Lord spoke to me and he said. He said, if you would give me half the attention you give the devil. I could do something in your life. Why? Because I'm. He, he said, if you look for me. That was the word. He said, if you would look for me. Half as much as you look for the devil. See, we're always looking for him. We get, a, we get a touch of God and we're looking for him. What are we looking for? We're looking for him to show up. Amen. We're thinking, well, we got a breakthrough on Sunday. I just know the devil's going to show up on Monday. Well, he may. It's possible. But are we looking for him to wreck our day? Are we looking for him to wreck our circumstances? Are we looking to God to intervene in all our difficulties, in all our troubles, and say, you know what? This is just an opportunity for the Lord. This is just God about to do something in my life and through my life. I'm going to see him work. And the Lord dealt with me about acknowledging his ability to get me through everything that it may be the devil, or it could just be life that's coming against, or it could be myself. But I could look to the Lord and say, the Lord, has a way to get me out of this. God is bringing us with our circumstances, uniting us with His purpose. I tell you, God's trying to bring us into His purpose. That son ain't just for us, it's for the Lord. She overcome the adversary, the provocation of the adversary. What happened? Tortured her every day. Now, whoever thought... That it was a good system for a man to have two wives. Come on, somebody. I mean, I know it's Mother's Day, but I mean, we, come on. I mean, he had, I don't know wherever. Come on now. Just stay. Love me now. I mean, you got to admit. It, it just, that just wasn't a good system. I mean, she's living with this. Every day. A, the devil tormenting her what? Her barrenness. And you know where? It, it, the heat of that torment, that adversary provoked her sore. But you know what she did? She didn't quit the church. She didn't quit God. She didn't give up. And she didn't even argue with the devil. She didn't try to rebuke that devil. She didn't try to do nothing. You know what she did? She turned that provoking to another uh, determination to seek the face of God. Not only did she determine her barrenness to seek God, didn't question His goodness, didn't question His authority, didn't question His will, just come to Him with her prayer. Standing on truth. Standing on the Word. Believing the Lord to avenge her of this adversary. She didn't try to rebuke 
rebuke the adversary, didn't fight with her, didn't tangle with the adversary, and she had to deal with it every single day. She used the attacks of that adversary to come back to that place of seeking God even more. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let the devil run me out. I'm going to seek him more. I'm going to earnestly contend. I'm going to get before, I'm going to be more determined to pray and seek the face of God. Hallelujah. And you know what? It always heated up when she was going to church. Come on, you tell me there ain't things you thought you was, had, had whipped. And then you... And all of a sudden on the way to church, that devil just starts attacking you with it. Accusing, God ain't good. You can't worship today. You're barren. You ain't overcome this yet. God's unkind. He's unfair. You're not going to worship the Lord today. You know that word adversary, one of the words in there that leaped out to me was the, is the word pebble. That just jumped at me. You know why? You ever, you ever been on one of them playgrounds with the kids and those little rock, pebble rocks? You get one of them things in your shoe, not a pile of them. You get a pile of them, it's okay. You get one of them, that thing's harassing you. Some of you are being harassed this morning by the adversary, and it ain't even a boulder that he's harassing. It's a pebble he's harassing you with. He's taking a little thing and magnifying and harassing you to the point that you can't fully walk out and do the will of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you what, we're not going to be overcome by a pebble. We're not going to be overcome. We're going to turn ourselves to seeking God all the more. Come on, musicians, come and help me, if you will. Who's, who, musicians, whoever's going to come for the altar service, go ahead and come. Listen, friend, we're totally off the program here, but I'm trusting the Lord is speaking to somebody this morning. Not only did she overcome that, but listen, as I close this, I want to tell you that she overcome disappointment and discouragement as well she was wanting to vent be avenged of her enemy and what happened her husband said to her this this is all in the scripture for you to go to to look her husband said this to her am i not better to you she had to overcome what I mean, he didn't have ill intentions, did he, Brother Corey? That's her husband. He loved her. He gave her worthy portions to try to compensate. But that wasn't what she needed. She wanted a son. And you know, I have found that well-meaning people will come into your life. And they'll say, Brother, that's not the will of the Lord. That's too hard. I know that's what you desire more than anything. But you know, look, am I not better to you? Is this... Is this not better to you than following God all the way for what He's put inside you to desire? Come on, won't you just... It's never... A t- it wasn't the, the adversary that done that. It was human affection that done that. Can I tell you that natural human affection has kept more people from laying hold of what God has really designed for their life? Come on, you can't raise them kids by your own out there. You need grandma to help you. You can't go to the mission field. You can't do the work of an evangelist. You can't, go out. you can't go to another state. Come on. Come on, ain't I better to you than that? Isn't this salary better to you than that? Isn't this situation better than you than that? Come on. 
All the while, there's a, a gnawing inside saying, I was called for something more than this. This ain't what I want. I want the full will of God. He didn't mean to. And then only to get to the temple and find a backslidden priest. You thought if anybody could have heard you, the, the pastor could have heard you. He thought if anyone could sympathize with you, know what you're going through, surely that pastor would have known. Surely the man of God would have known. He couldn't even discern it. Churches failed her. The men of God failed her. Husbands failing her. God's failing her. Enemies attacking her. But I tell you, God, God found a woman that wasn't going to quit. <laughs> She was not going to be turned away from the Lord. She was going to be turned to the Lord. And she was going to prevail with God. Oh, I tell you, it's worth it, my friend. I tell you, there's nothing more wonderful than to come in and uniting yourself with God's divine purpose for your life. No matter what you have to overcome, as you stand with me this morning... I tell you, God is putting something in us. If we will come up and see our lives in the light of eternity, we know that God is working something that is beyond our comprehension. God is wanting to unite ourselves with His purpose. Folks, I just I want to tell you that I really believe that we are in a moment in the history where the Lord, not that He hasn't always been working this out, but the Lord is such working in such a way. He's preparing a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. It's a glorious bride. And all the tension is on the works of the Antichrist, but in the midst of that, God is preparing a bride. And what the workings of God right now is doing is He is literally sifting it to the place where everything is being removed, that's not moving in His eternal will, and He's grafting everything that was uniting with His purpose, in time purpose. You're going to find yourself possibly on the outside, is what I'm saying, if you ain't willing to come into this right now. <clears throat> but I can tell you, the Lord is working on a grand scale in our life. The Lord is purifying our hearts and uniting them with His purpose. And when Hannah said, Lord, I'll give him to you, I believe God opened her womb in that moment. And he said, I finally found me somebody I could get to bring forth my purposes through. That it wasn't just about her anymore. It was about me and my kingdom and my glory. And not only did he bring forth a son that would trans literally transform the history of Israel... He would also give her more sons and daughters on top of it. Friend, listen, God's not going to be in debt to you. And there's nothing more wonderful than receiving of the Lord and taking that right back to Him. And saying, Lord, I'm just giving you what's yours anyway. Amen. And the Lord says, I won't be in debt to you. Here's a son and there's a son, and there's a daughter. Come on.
With every head bowed and eye closed this morning, only God knows the real intentions of our heart. And sometimes we don't understand, but God is working a great, great purpose out in our lives. Beyond what we could see this morning, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, with heads bowed today, that something, God, of the Word of God, Lord, has penetrated the hearts of Your people. Father, I pray that it is beyond a sermon this morning. That is beyond just a gathering, but there has been an eternal seed deposited into somebody's spirit. Lord, that there is a determination coming into somebody that no matter even if it looks, the testimony is the Lord is seemingly rejecting me. I'm not going to let even that rejection keep me from His presence. I'm not going to let it keep me from His throne. I'm not going to let it keep me from His feet. I'm going to come to the one who has all of the answers and no matter how many times I've got to show up and seem like he's withholding from me. That's not going to stop me from determining that I can, if I will not quit, that I will be able to lay a hold of eternal life. And if I lay a hold of eternal life, I'll lay a hold of the faith of God and that we'll see something of the Lord come forth through the wombs of our life. Lord, I pray that you would put a determination. Lord, you would put an enduring spirit in your people. Lord, we will have to overcome in this last hour. Our endurance will be tested, God. I pray that you would put an enduring spirit in your people. Lord, I pray that you... Lord, help us to see that you are compelling us to higher ground. You are compelling us to greater measures. God, that we are going to have to be a tested people. Lord, but you will bring us through, God. You will purify us, Lord. You will bring us forth as gold. Lord, we can have what we ask when we pray. Give us a willingness to not be denied. Don't let us turn away, Lord God. Don't let us give up, Lord, at the accusations of our adversary. We're going to know our God is good, and no good thing will He withhold from them that diligently seek Him. We can have what we ask for. We can touch the hem of the garment. We can access, Lord, Your presence. We can access Your promises through Jesus. We're not going to be determined. By well-meaning people. We're not going to be determined, God, by faithless priesthoods. We are going to get to the throne of grace and we're going to touch you in our hour of need. We're going to be a people, Lord, that's willing to be purified in our motives. Willing to say, Lord, when you answer, I'll give it back to you. Just let me hold your promises in my hand. Oh, God, do it in the name of Jesus today. Lord, take your people up, Lord. Open your eyes of your people to see, God, that it is, Lord, you at work in our lives. You're doing something, God. We can't see it with the natural eye, but we know you're working the exceeding purpose of your will. Oh, Lord, open our eyes to see how great is that love of God, the height, the breadth, the length, and the width. And to know the love of God in Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, just lift your hand and worship Him for a moment.